0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you're brand new to this show, this show is all about a little well known card game called Magic the Gathering. So, on today's episode, we brought on Leslie and Shauna from the YouTube channel Tap That MTG. They do a podcast as well, and they also are very for new players where they do a lot of videos and deck text describing certain mechanics and certain aspects of pre con decks and a lot of other decks and just mechanics of how they interact to really describe it for newer players and so I brought them on to talk about that and we talked about D&D um, they're both librarians they also own a game store and uh, we talked about what it's like owning a game store especially during the pandemic and just so much more and everything else we talked about so much so without further ado um, well actually before we get into that uh, let me get some announcements out of the way Magic Azubi can be found on the following itunes google play stitcher TuneIn radio if you want to help support the show you can check out the show's patreon at patreon.com slash magic with zuby. and you can find me on twitter at magic zuby, on instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby and you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzubi at gmail.com and here are two quick little ads and then we will get on with the interview with leslie and shauna Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum?
1: I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive.
0: Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to legitmtg.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping?
1: Wow, free shipping at legitmtg.com. That's amazing.
0: You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available.
1: Wow, that's amazing!
0: And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Adzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... A normie? Yeah! Exactly! A normie! Well, have I got the show for you, the all-new Magic for Normies show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic Magic for for normies. Normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic with Zuby RSS
1: feed. to magic for normies.
0: Oh, and we're live here. So, Zuby here, I've got Leslie and Shauna here from Tap That MTG, a YouTube channel. And um, how's it going, both of you?
2: Great,
3: wonderful.
0: It's, it's all fantastic. all the way from Canada. Um, you guys are on the what? What part of Canada again are you guys in? Do we want to tell them that <laughs> <laughs>
3: we're we're in Alberta?
0: <laughs> okay, Alberta. And for people like me who don't know their geography very well, is that in the middle province of Canada, or is that on the west? Not
2: on the the we- very west, but just about second oh,
0: west. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so not like all on the other side by Alaska and Washington and all that. It's over more... Just above Montana. Right above Montana. Okay, okay. Yeah,
3: Yeah, I've I've driven to Tacoma in a day, so...
0: Oh, how long of a drive is that?
3: It's about 13 hours.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) It's quite a drive. It's quite a drive. Well, then again, from like, from where I live in Florida, driving all the way to Atlanta, Georgia, it's about a 10-hour drive. So, yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah. Florida is a lot bigger than you really think it is. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's it's, very yeah. Yeah. Have you ever got, have you two ever been to Florida before?
2: Three times. Yeah.
0: Three times. Ooh. What would you come to Florida for? Disney?
2: Of course. I have kids. <laughs> I was
3: there for a cruise. <laughs>
0: Ooh, nice. Nice. So you two are, um, the brains behind tap that mtg it looks like you've all been doing it for about a year now so what what um what kind of started it what prompted it
3: It's a good story, actually. So we were at a writer's conference together because we share a lot of the same interests. So Mm -hmm. we have the same job. Mm -hmm. We both write. And we both do this thing called Magic the Gathering. (laughs) And so we went to a writer's conference. And we were the nerdy ones that brought our commander decks with us. And we were sitting there in the common forum playing Magic while everybody else was doing other fun social stuff. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We were hoping that people would be like, oh, cool, Magic. Let's go, like, join them. Mm -hmm. We did have one person who (laughs) sidled up next to us and joined us for a bit. Um, Anyway, we had a fun weekend, and then on the way home, we were like, we need to figure out a way that we can share our passion and just do something that is really interesting to us. And Mm -hmm. we have a lot of um, kind of new players that we hang out with. Um, As well and we were trying to think of a way to help them and so we came up with a tagline and said let's do it and just kind (laughs) of went from there. So it's developed a little bit over the years and changed a little bit But
2: we've had lots of fun. Yeah, it's been really fun and it's mostly been focused on those new players because when we started playing you talk to magic players and they get so far ahead and yep. like, what I don't even understand what the heck you're talking about. And so we wanted to break it down into some very simple stuff because we have a lot of middle school age kids who are really getting into it and we wanted to make sure that they could understand and not get discouraged. So
1: yeah.
0: No, no, and that's good. It's it's always good to have more of that with um you know, trying to teach new players because it's it's my my buddy Marcel, who's been playing for about Maybe almost two years now. I myself, I'm such an entrenched player. I played for so long, and you sort of take it for granted. And how complicated this game can be. And when mm-hmm. you talk with someone new, even Pixie Kitten, you know she she's a good player, but there's so there's so much of old magic mechanics yeah. she doesn't yeah. know about that you just you take it for granted and you don't even think about it. And it is it is a very complicated game, and it's great that. You both are starting to do something like that. Now, I see behind you with all these board games behind you. And, and I did yeah. have to ask, I was looking at some of your earlier videos, like some of your first videos. Looks like you guys were in a game store or something. Or yeah. Is, so,
1: do you own your own store
0: team. or? Yeah, my okay. other
3: life, I own uh, Pandora's Books, which is a bookstore game shop. Basically, everything I wanted to do when I retired and decided to do early. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, we're at Pandora's today.
0: Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. So how long have you had that game shop now?
3: Six years.
0: Ooh, and it's still going strong?
3: Well, you know, we were closed for COVID, so hopefully.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it'll keep going strong but yeah we have a really good community we, our town is about uh what is it 9000 9, so it's just a little tiny town so for a little tiny town we actually have a really good following of magic players and, oh, and it's really fun to have a community um that it's will come D&D together Gardens lots and of D players and so we have weekly events and stuff like that so yeah it's
0: super fun now do you both own it no i own uh, it Oh, just just, okay okay i just
3: Uh,
1: live here she's (laughs)
0: here so no that's awesome so with this whole pandemic thing going on i mean what's that been like in terms of trying to keep the i'm sure just like a lot of lgs owners out there probably just worried about keeping it open and all that like trying to survive this like what's that been like
3: Well, it's interesting because I think that um, a good local game store will have built their community and fostered their community in such a way that when we closed, I mean, we were in a position we already had an online store as well. So we had a lot of our local people that actually put money aside so that they could do stuff while we were closed even though they were out of work themselves which was i guess a testament to how much work we've put in kind of building friends and a community and loyalty so yeah. i think if if local game stores have built loyalty in their community then they'll get that back from their players because game players are typically pretty loyal people anyway so i think i think we'll be okay
0: <laughs> well, no, yeah. that's, that's good to hear because um i mean i know here in florida i mean things are starting to slowly get back to normal here in Florida. Um, in terms of places reopening in my game shop, thank God they're they haven't closed or anything. They're still open just for curbside. But yeah, it's you don't really realize how much you miss an LGS until you can't go to it or until it's just closed altogether when you don't have one in the area. So that's good to hear because that was a big thing I remember just being worried about that. You know especially small businesses altogether just been hit so hard by this. I mean, I not knowing I, I said I wouldn't get into politics, but I'm just curious from the Canadian side, um, is the government there helping out businesses a lot, like all that, or or how, how does that go?
3: Um, yeah, there's programs out there. I mean, you have to be they're helping the bigger stores and and stuff more than they're helping the smaller little mom and pop shops. Um but there is some help out there and uh I think their main focus is employees and keeping people employed, which is great. So I think I think that this whole shutdown of local game stores and there is like at least half that won't um open again has been really interesting i mean bringing it back to magic again for this new set and its release and of course having to change things up with the chorea and when the release was going to be and even not being able to have pre-release which was heartbreaking to me because i've been in every pre-release since origins (laughs) and it's just like oh i'm so sad that i didn't get to do pre-release this time in a normal way um So when you look at Magic Singles and and even the set itself, um, the prices and stuff like that of different cards, when are they going to settle? I don't know. And will they plummet and then go back up? Or will they stay relatively stable? But nobody's playing Paper Magic right now because they can't get together with people. So... Yeah. i just think it's going to be really interesting i mean obviously we're playing um we played commander with you yeah. on uh <laughs> spell table which is fantastic um and everyone's playing arena but there's not a lot of people i find that are like yeah i'm gonna go build the this next deck. standard deck because there's a standard competition at my friday night magic um yeah, that's true so you're, I think there's that market that's missing out. And it will be interesting to see if that recovers or we'll just forget about Ikoria. Corset's course, that's always really small anyway. So it might not be till October until anyone's excited again.
0: Well, I mean, heck, we got corset coming out next month already. I know. Is, <laughs> I mean, e- e- even with Ikoria on paper coming out this month, you know, what Ikoria technically came out last month. But still, it still feels like Ikoria literally just came out. And yeah. Yeah, we're already getting core set 2021. And um, I mean, I'm kind of excited about it. I'm more excited about Jumpstart than the actual core set, because that looks a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, So one question I have is, how long have you both been playing Magic for? Like, what sets did you start off in?
2: Well, um, Leslie played a little bit longer than me, and she was harassing me constantly to play this (laughs) stupid game. So I finally gave in when uh, Kaladesh came out, and I completely Ooh, nice. fell in love because I love Kaladesh. It's just, yeah, that was my favorite Kaladeshian. And then my whole my whole family. So we had that Christmas.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone
2: got each other magic cards for Christmas, and we spent Ooh, nice. the entire Christmas holidays, four of us building decks, playing against each other around the Man. Christmas around the around best the table it was the best christmas ever because my kids are like t- they're teenagers right so it was yeah. it was amazing that we got to have that time together so
0: that sounds awesome and fun yeah. that sounds like a great christmas better than just <laughs> i mean not not that christmas is ever bad it's just you know you open up you do the presents with the kids and then you go have dinner and that's about it maybe yeah. maybe watch football or something and <laughs> then you go to sleep early but no that sounds way better then,
1: yeah.
0: it's um. I've tried to get my kids into magic, but it's um. Uh, they they'd rather play D than magic more than anything. Which is still not bad. I still enjoy. Yeah, it
3: not a really bad thing. <laughs> too. Yeah. yeah what I about or yourself there? Oh, oh yeah, the yeah. You see,
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you also don't see the other the
3: starter sets uh, and stuff.
0: Yeah, the the yeah. other books too down there too. Like I've got Rift <laughs> and Shadow Run and um. I just picked up the new Star Trek RPG book and started nice. reading that. Can't wait <laughs> to try to play some of that. But, um, Leslie, what about you? What, uh, what set did you start off in?
3: Origins.
0: Origins? Nice. Yeah. That was a good one. That, that was a fun one with the flip planeswalkers. That was um, the start of the whole uh, Gatewatch thing. Yeah.
3: And I really, um, for me, magic is really, and maybe it's because I started in Origins and Origins was all about finding out the backstory of these planeswalkers. Mm -hmm. And to me, the story behind the cards and the story behind the set is so important. So I've actually really missed the last few sets of having like a regular weekly story it was like yeah. just the stories online for a while and then all of a sudden we were getting books again and i was like oh, okay cool and then i was really disappointed because of the books and
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were not and very good
3: i actually really like wildered quests or or is that what it's called
0: Wildered, yeah Wildered Quests, something like that
3: no, the Brandon Sanderson, of course, Brandon Sanderson's one was really good, but the the one for um, the Throne of
0: Eldraine. Um, throne of
3: Eldrain was really good. I did I, not like wear the Spark one very much, but yeah, I but was really happy to get books. And then the next set for Theros, no story I at all. I was
0: so oh disappointed with that because I loved the first Theros set. Like Elspeth is one of my favorite Planeswalkers, and the fact that. That had zero story besides like mm-hmm. a little paragraph on the web- website. That was such a disappointment.
3: There was such potential yeah. in that set yeah. for these epic god stories yeah. that we could have read about.
0: So, I'm hoping so does... we get a little something in the Theros D and D book that comes out next month or July.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. all right. So. Have you played the uh, Ravnica D and D? Yes. Yes.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. I, I, I did a I DM'd a campaign um when I was doing the Tin true Hooligans podcast with Pixie and Johnny and all that. Um Ooh. we did a Ravnica I, I DM'd a Ravnica D and D game and that was fun. It was a lot of fun doing that. It's um that the only thing I don't like about that plane, doing it as just from a DM perspective, and maybe it's just my style. I just don't like how Ravnica is an entire city and there's nothing outside of a city you know what i mean like there's no plains and mountains to explore and all that stuff it's just one big city
1: okay
0: but uh, otherwise it's it's it it was a really good well-written book though it's even if you don't play D D, if you really like the story and lore of ravnica it's worth picking up just to read it
3: i like the races that it brought to the yeah. to the game as well right yes. yeah. like, being able to play a Loxodon or something like that <laughs> yes
1: yeah,
2: so cool <clears throat>
0: so you start in origins you start in kaladesh those are two really good sets um mm-hmm. god i still feel like like an old magic player because i started off like urza saga like way back in the day and um but no it, it's great that um it, to me it's crazy like how popular magic has become just even this past couple years it's um
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's the the explosion of just i don't know just all of it together is just insane. <laughs> Um, So
3: why do you suppose that is?
0: I mean, Arena would have a big, big impact of it, I think. Um, Definitely, definitely helps because Magic Online, I mean, no offense, it just looks bad. It's not user-friendly at all. It's not intuitive. It's not shiny. It's not easy to use. Um, And Magic Arena is definitely for that crowd of people that can just log in. They don't have to pay anything, which I think Magic Online is now free to start an account, I think now.
3: They so. give you like a few packs, but there's nothing yeah. that you can Can't do build much. decks with.
0: Oh, you okay. have to
3: actually pay into it in order to play it, I think.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So Yeah. So um and I think Magic Arena has a lot to do with it and plus with how popular Commander's getting now too. It's yeah. um God, I remember first playing Commander God, it's like almost ten years ago and just I, th- I think the very first Commander set was out, the Commander Arsenal or something. And <laughs> that was insane. And that was barely anyone played it. And now there's just pretty much all that everybody plays. It's pretty much all I play now, that and limited, because I don't play Modern Standard anymore
3: or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Modern and Standard, we try to do, you know, as a local game store owner, we try to do different events every. Every Friday of like, OK, yeah. this week's standard, next week's modern, because you get people that come in and they're like, well, you never have any standard things or you never have any modern things. Nobody ever comes to any of those. But our commander nights, mm-hmm. there's not a seat free in the entire store. <laughs> that
0: That is pretty much the same here in Florida, too. It's it, and it it kind of fluctuates. So when did you first open up the store doing magic? You said six years ago.
3: Yeah. Well, we weren't doing magic right at first. We started okay. kind of just as a bookstore game shop. Um, okay. We do coffee and stuff too. And then we kind of built it in a couple years after that. So I would say uh, when was our first major? Um, I would say Am and Ket was the Amonkhet.
1: first okay
3: set where we were like okay let's go all in let's open packs let's start selling singles so we sold the product but we didn't do events and stuff and that's when we first started doing kind of pre-releases and events and it's been super fun after that so So
0: how has your standard attendance been since you know you started doing events and all that if you had to because just in from what I've seen in my area and this sort of predates from when you started doing magic. I know back in, um, back when Innistrad and Return to Ravnica were out, Standard was huge. Like, you, mm-hmm. there, like a lot of game stores in my area, like you could not get a seat in there if you didn't come in early enough. And it wasn't until about Battle for Zendikar came out a couple of years later that it just started to drop off dramatically. And then it sort of started to pick back up when Shadows Over Innistrad came out. Then, um, then I think what Amonkhet was right after that. Um, so it, it was no, no, it was Kaladesh, then Amonkhet, and it started to pick back up a little bit. Have you noticed those sort of fluctuations in your store?
3: Yeah, I think I think ultimately um, formats. Are they fluctuate based on whatever community or the players that you have and what they Mm -hmm. want to play, Um, and you just have to respond to that. I think formats are actually a little bit of a downfall to Magic in a sense because most of the players that we get here – are kind of You're when you playing. say, "Hey, join the modern tournament," and they're like, "I don't have a modern deck." It's like, well, technically, everybody has a modern deck. It's your standard deck can be played in modern. Just, yeah. just join. It's fun. It's a casual, right? But they see this big kind of like modern is hard. You have to have a nine hundred dollar deck, so I can't yeah. join that tournament, yeah. even though the meta at your local game store is completely different than what you would get at a lo- at a GP or something like that. Um, and it's the same with standard. Oh, I don't have a standard deck. I don't have anything new. I haven't bought any of the new cards. I'm not going to join that. Um, I just want to play the deck that I built and not worry about what cards in it I have to take out. So I think that's why Commander is so popular, because you can build whatever you want. And nobody, I mean, there's a ban list and there's some stipulations, but... It, it uses so many cards in so many sets that the likelihood is you're going to find something that you need. And I think that's why Commander is popular.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. And plus just only needing one of each is yeah. one of the best yes. things about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, one quick question about Standard here, because I want to start talking about a little bit about your YouTube content. Um, how was your Standard attendance before covid Uh, went back when because what covid the lockdown started happening in march so that would have been just around the time theros probably still yeah because theros came out in january so yeah how was your standard attendance around then
3: like practically non-existent
0: do you think it had to do with magic arena a lot
3: no we have a lot of players in our store too that don't even play arena okay Um, so because the packs and stuff they're like "Ah, i don't really care about this universal promo pack promo here you can have this this so i think most of it is just they just want to come and play casual and so a lot of um there there's a few competitive players in our realm that are like i really want to play standard and competitively and i think those players actually scare away the people that might want to try it so
0: (laughs) I I know that feeling it's um
3: yeah and I mean we're in a town of like 9000 so you know you're drawing on you know 50 to 100 people and not they're all going to have different things whereas in a city you have you might have 100 people in your area that all want to play standard and so that makes it more viable to do in a city aspect
1: that makes sense
2: pre-release wise though that's all standard and that that's very good because everybody gets excited about the new cards and stuff so that's been good yeah We usually hold like we well we used to only
3: hold one pre-release um, the max number of seats that we could have in our store at that time were, was 32. And so we would sell out and we've grown to two full days of being able to sell out. And then we just expanded our space. So, um, pre-release is kind of the thing that everyone's like, let's do sealed. Cause everyone's on the same level yeah, and it's, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're, you know, you've spent $500 on your deck or whether you've spent, cause everybody gets the same cards exactly. and the same chance. So
0: Oh, I love it. Did you, um, prior to the pandemic, did you used to do the crazy pre-releases where you, when they changed pre-releases recently, right? For store owners where you didn't have to hold it at midnight. You could do it before midnight. Which I'm sure that was probably a blessing in disguise because I... Oh,
3: everyone wants us to do midnight (laughs) releases all the time. And I'm like, I'm 40-something years old. I need to sleep at night. We're holding our pre-release at 1. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the last midnight pre-release I did was Shadows Over Innistrad. And uh, we had a whole bunch of new people there. We didn't even start playing until 2 a.m., like the first round because just so many new people just didn't understand how to build decks, so yeah. they gave them extra time to build and all that. And I had such an amazing pool for Shadows Over and, and I friggin' blew away the for my first round <laughs> opponent and all that. And then I was just, it was like nearing three a.m. and I looked at him. I'm like, you can have the win. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> like I can't, <laughs> I, I can't stay up any longer. <laughs>
1: yeah, so
0: I can't do, do it, it anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't do it anymore. But um. But no, I I remember a bunch of store owners just, they would love pre-release because of the amount of money they can make and the amount of people that would come to the store and just, you know, happen to buy so much other stuff. But then you could just tell how tired they'd be by, like, Sunday, because they'd, (laughs) like, you know, Friday through Sunday, they'd do (laughs) pre-release and...
3: I don't know. For me, because I'm a magic, I think it depends on whether they're like magic players or not magic (laughs) players. So my taller half who runs the store while I'm in the um, (laughs) pre-release, he's not a magic player and one of us has to not be into it because then the other person can enjoy it, which is okay. But um he's tired by the end of it but i'm just energized yeah. because i got to see all these cards and play in all these games and so it really depends on how much you really and we i mean we go all out we do trophies and
0: everything oh, that's awesome that's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. oh that's cool so um now as far as your youtube content goes um <laughs> sort of describe to the audience there like what you kind of do in terms of for content. now you mentioned you do a lot of new players stuff but what does that really entail and it, to me, it sort of looks like a podcast-esque type form, but um, I guess just describe it if you can.
2: Sure. So a lot of it and our most popular videos and the ones that we find the most fun are where we take the pre-built decks and we break them down for people and explain how to play them and some of the things you can do. Because again, those new players don't necessarily know what the new mechanics are or why mm-hmm. you would play this card and how you would play that card, and so yeah, we break those down and we do a podcast as well. So we try to do stuff that we describe what's happening so that people can listen as well as watch. So unless it does an amazing, amazing job on the editing, it's just so beautiful that she makes Ooh, these things nice. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Now, do you have your podcast available in audio too? Yeah. On like iTunes or something.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Google Play, Podbean, um, and all that stuff.
0: Oh, I did not know that. I thought it was just on, okay, I found you. Cool. You am going to subscribe.
3: <laughs> Basically <Hey. laughs> anywhere you can download podcasts, you can download us.
0: All right, awesome. So you heard that out there. So iTunes, Google Play, <laughs> Stitcher, probably all those. Um, yeah. Awesome. So what about, um, so you've been doing about content creation for about, looks like about a year now, a little over yeah. a year.
3: April 4th and, was our anniversary. Yeah.
0: Uh, what what day? April 4th. Oh, April 4th. Nice. Nice. So (laughs) in that year, what have been some of the things that you found um, that you've liked about it, that you found hard? Um, Some stuff maybe you you wish you knew when you first started?
2: Um, I think the biggest hurdle we had is we were so excited that we wanted to talk about everything all the time. And, yeah, you can only do so much of that before you start burning out and go, oh my God, I have to record again. <laughs> so yeah, so there was, there was that. Um, and then just not knowing what we should talk about, mm-hmm. um, what people are interested in, that was a big thing. I think that's still a learning
3: process, yeah. too, because, number one, what people want changes. But definitely, by far, our most popular content, as far as downloads or podcast listens, is when we take our pre-constructed decks and we break them down for people. Um, and then... Uh, the second probably most popular is when there's a pre-release and Mm -hmm. we always do a big video of here's the commons and uncommons and and the things that you should watch for to pre-release well to prep for pre-release um and then we've tried to do little things like deck tech and hey check out this deck we made or why more girls should play magic why more oh that was actually popular (laughs) why more girls should play magic but um that stuff's not as popular and i think that ultimately that's because there's so many Really oh, good yeah. players, professional yeah. players that yeah. are already doing that. Amazing. So why try to compete compete in that space? Yeah. Um, so we've really kind of honed our our focus on let's talk to the people, the new players, or even a lot of people that are responding to us or people that haven't played in years and mm-hmm. they're coming back to it, yeah. or they're just like us that are kind of like we're we kind of know what we're doing, but we're I just want to have fun. We just want to have fun. So. <laughs> You know, here's what you need to know to have fun.
0: No, and that's that's good to know. That's one of the hardest things to really understand with content creation is just enjoying it. Because it's, and I've talked about this before at length in my show, um, it's so easy to get those hopes and dreams of, oh, I want to make it big, I want to make it big. but It's if <laughs> never going to happen. If you don't enjoy it, it's it. That's one thing I'm starting to really realize. Like, if you don't enjoy it, then why even keep doing it? Yeah, yeah. And um, it's and you make a good point too, where you know, it's I love doing deck techs and I love and I love doing set reviews too. But I know there's people like LSV or you know yeah. a whole bunch of other people that are way smarter than me when it comes to Magic. It's like I feel <laughs> dumb as heck playing Magic a lot of times. Yeah. And um but I still enjoy doing it because it's fun. And I try to now focus more on the casual stuff and the, as Pixie would say, the normie stuff and um, <laughs>
1: yes.
0: just, and I don't know that that's what I really enjoy. Cause I know I don't, I don't have any aspirations at all being competitive anymore with magic. It's that's yeah. out the window <laughs> too, 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 too many competitive players killed it for me. Maybe it's just no, a Florida I'm thing. <laughs> no,
3: it's not just a Florida thing.
0: <laughs> it's Yeah. Magic Florida Man, or something, just (laughs) ruined it. No, but um, so I see a lot of other games there back there. Um, uh, have you are are, do you have a lot of um people that also play board games too over there? Is that pretty popular?
2: Yeah, we have a
3: board game night and you can Mm -hmm. just come and play, and uh, we don't charge people to play our games, so they just come and play,
1: just come and play. So that's cool.
3: We we that's another thing. She always comes over and.
2: <laughs> just, I live here. We're just always together. The <laughs> <laughs> family never sees me anymore. I have teenagers. They don't care.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that as the kid as my kids have gotten older. I've got two daughters. Uh, at sixteen and ten. And oh, I'm it's
1: sorry.
0: it's the the sixteen year old. She's great. I mean. With me, she's very good. With the mother, it's you awesome.
1: know.
0: <laughs> but my ten year old, oh my god, I'm gonna have to watch out for her. She's um she's she's daddy's girl through and through, but my god, I'm gonna have to watch out for her.
3: <laughs> Do they play magic?
0: N- they know how to play. Um they just don't enjoy it that much that lays it they enjoy d d way more because they love the the creativity of role playing um but I try not to play D&D with both of them because they will just start fighting and arguing about what to do and <laughs> it's um like it's my grandchildren
2: yeah, yeah
0: it, it gets a little tiring because they'll yeah. just start Arguing and bickering, and I'm just like, oh, all right. So I'll try to play D and D separately with them. Yeah. <laughs> makes it a little bit easier, and especially the age gap too. It's um,
1: yeah,
0: you know, because my my teenager, she she's a know it all. She thinks she knows everything, and then my youngest <laughs> doesn't want to listen to the oldest. And
2: <laughs> must be creative. Yeah, I'm crazy. Yep. <laughs> yep,
0: she wants to prove that she's a big girl and you know knows what she's doing, and it's like, no, you don't, kid. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you also mentioned uh, you do D and D there as well. Is that getting pretty popular as well too over there?
2: Yeah,
3: D and D is great. I mean, um, that has definitely become more popular since I think Big Bang Theory was yeah. like, hey, D and D, and everyone's like wanting to be like all the cool kids. Um, <laughs> so. Um, we have youth D and D and there's about, well, we have three tables of youth that come and play here at the store. And uh, I know Shawna, you have a whole family unit that plays. plays, I have a unit that plays. Oh, nice. So you both play too. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, And then we have like adventures league for adults once a week as well. So, um, and then that's just like that the above ground people that's not the underground people that just t- like play oh yeah there's a lot of people in this town there's a to lot of play dnd players lunch. it just really surprises awesome. me every time a new person comes in to get another player's handbook i'm just like can't keep them on the shelf that's great
0: yeah that, i've noticed that too at my store it's like they can never keep the players handbooks on the shelf um he's also started selling other stuff like i just picked up the call of cthulhu player's mm-hmm. handbook because i want to learn how to play that um He's got the Starfinder, Pathfinder, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's great seeing that um, really start to explode in popularity. How long have you two been playing d I
2: played d d back when I was 14 years old, and I'm 50 now. <laughs> but then I didn't play for a really long time. Yeah. So I just played as a teenager, and then I just started playing again since we've been playing Magic, really. Okay. I, I pulled her back in for two yeah, minutes Yeah, to for Sure, I only killed her
3: twice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, how long have you been playing, (laughs) Leslie?
3: I've been playing, I think, four years now. So, not (laughs) a super long time. Um, But my husband played way back in like second edition, and so Mm -hmm. um, when, of course, we started doing it at the store. It was kind of like, let's do this. And then now I have like three different games that I play. And I like the DMing aspect of it. Oh, nice. More Well, I, I enjoy playing it, but I'm a storyteller. So yeah. I really enjoy creating adventures as well as like just maybe I like being the center of attention. I think the DM gets to be involved in everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, right? I- I, I, I'm one of those forever DMs as well too, and I, I I love DMing. It's so much fun to me. I've been doing it since I was a teenager, too. I um I even my friend and I even built our own RPG system. It's nice. like a mix of Dungeons and Dragons meets Final Fantasy. And uh, <laughs> well, I I tell I tell him like oh we'll publish it one day, and then I look at it and I'm like there it's way too much work to even. <laughs> Cause it's like we've got the combat system down and all that, but then there's so much of the stuff that you look at that people do outside of combat. I don't even know where to begin on even creating <laughs> any of that stuff. It's wow. way above my head. But um, no. So that's awesome. So um, play D and D, play magic. Um, got when can I come visit you all? Like, <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think the borders closed to Canada right now. Anyway. Uh, so as
3: soon as they're open again, I guess.
0: Yeah. Because you know, my wife. Wa- my wife wants to make a trip up there to Niagara Falls, but it's like I tell her, "Well, we could go to the New York side." She's like, "I don't want to go to the New York side. I want to go to the Canadian side." I'm like, "Well, <laughs>
3: yeah, that's a long ways away." <laughs> yeah, if,
2: if you come here, we're an hour less than an hour away from the mountains, so you can go and visit the mountains. Yeah, come to Banff. Right here. Come to where? Banff. Banff. Banff.
0: Like badass motherfucker or. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, B A N N F F.
0: Oh, okay. B A N F F. Okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah, bad, bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> We're about an hour north of Calgary.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean, like I said, I still don't know Canadian geography that well. Um the the only place I've actually been to in Canada was um when I went to Maine, I went to what is it right oh, Quebec. Right mm-hmm. up right above it. Um, that's the only place I've been to in Canada before was I went to a Canadian golf course to play golf. Oh
3: there you go. We're right above Idaho. we're right above Montana. 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 Well Montana's yeah. right below us.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's I've never been over there in that part of the US. Um <laughs> I've been all up and down the eastern seaboard and like the I'm bottom kidding. half of the US and all that, but never um up on that part. West
3: Coast. <laughs> yeah. Well it's summertime now, so it's warm. It's pretty
0: Oh yeah, well, yeah. Right before we start recording, you said it's warm, but how cold did you say it was today? Or <laughs>
2: <laughs> this morning, I think it was uh, four degrees Celsius, which is about thirty-eight or so for you. Yeah,
0: yeah, that sounds about right. That is freezing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like d- this morning, it was actually really nice this morning. So I don't, I don't know the Celsius to Fahrenheit conversion, but it was about like eighty degrees out, eighty degrees yeah. Fahrenheit. This morning and it was gorgeous, like barely any humidity or anything. And, um, and then of course when as soon as the sun rose, it just got up to like a thousand degrees, like a hundred percent humidity and all that. So, I
2: love it, man.
3: Four degrees Celsius is like swimsuit rather weather, man.
0: Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't mess with Well, to well when you live in Florida for so long, when it gets yeah. down to like. 65 degrees. It's we're freezing. We're putting yeah, on our jackets. <laughs> we're freezing. Oh man! But um, no, that's really cool. So it's God. I've I've got so much other questions about game stores too because it's I love talking with other owners and all that. It's um, I've talked to so many people that um, and maybe this is bad of me or something, but I I've talked to a lot of. I'm still pretty young, um, I, but I talk to a lot of people my age and say, like, yeah, I just want to go all in and open a game store. And my first thought is I tell them, no, make sure you have a lot of money before you even do that, because they think it's going to make them rich or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just it's I, I get scared because, you know, it, they're, they're young enough. They're like in their you know, late twenties, early thirties and thinking they're going to make it big and strike it rich and all that. And so what are, what's some advice you could give to some people out there that want to mm-hmm. open their own game store? You've, you've been, yep. you, it, it is a Testament that you've been open for six years because as I understand businesses like game stores are not easy to maintain and keep open Um, because, and from what I understand, at least on the magic side, there's a small profit margin for a lot of the seal product. Um, And a lot of the profits, I think, come mainly from uh, singles and probably a lot of other stuff that's non-magic related. So what's some advice you'd give to some people who want to do it?
2: I want to hear what her advice is for me (laughs)
1: first.
2: (laughs) What do we do well? (laughs) What do you do well? The diversification, I think, is, is kind of key because then you get a variety of people in that... Maybe, like, you get a magic player in that might be interested in Dungeons and Dragons. So, having that diversity, I think, is really important. Um, I don't think you could just sell magic cards and do well. I don't th-
0: yeah, I don't think you could do it anymore. Yeah. I think maybe 10 years ago you could, but not anymore.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that's special about here is I joke about it being my home, but it's a home for a lot of people because it's it's more about the destination. This is a place to go and hang out with your friends and be accepted for who you are. And so having that kind of an environment where people can settle in and have a good time is really, really important. So I think a lot of people think it's just a store, but it's not, it's a lot more than that. It's that experience and that connection with other people. Yeah, and I was gonna say, mirrors kind
3: of the same thing so when we opened we knew even not being a full-on game store when we first opened that retail in in essence um and what we wanted to be was more of an experience you're selling not things you're selling acceptance, you're selling an experience. And so, um, you know, our, our seats are comfy, our tables are comfy. We decorated nice. We, we tried to make it cozy. So people wanted to sit and stay. Um, we of course sell books and I mean, books are amazing, even just as decoration in and of themselves. <laughs> so you walk in and you're surrounded by books and you get to play games among books. Um, whereas a lot of game stores you can go to and it's just walls of games, there's no seating and they're not running events. So if you are gonna, I guess my my main advice, if you are thinking about opening a local game store would be um, find out if there's a community there and then have some way in your store to foster that community, have places for them to sit when they come in and they wanna talk to you about this really cool (laughs) deck that they made and it's so awesome listen to them mm-hmm. talk to talk to them about that deck and yeah it takes time out of your day but that's okay because you're talking about magic and that's fun yeah. so um yeah i think you just need to uh it's not about how much you're selling because you don't like a lot of people i think have this really uh, odd impression that when you have an event like a pre-release that you're just making tons of money on this like all these event entries but you don't make anything ultimately on the pre-release itself you make money on if people buy things while they're there so that's why you hold the events um but there's no there's no money in holding events and there's no money in in any of that stuff so you've got to do it because you love it and yes you have to make money and and but and there will always be people people that don't understand that and they'll go well i can get it cheaper on. Amazon. <laughs> why can I get it cheaper there? Um, yeah. so, but you know, but they'll keep coming back if they want to be there. Yeah.
0: yeah, that is, um, h- how do you deal with, um, so good example here, uh, commander 2020 just got released and <clears throat> we've all seen some of the prices, especially of the Jeskai one. Now, obviously game stores such as yourself would have to try to make money on that and you brought up a good point where people say well i can just get it you know cheaper on amazon so just 40 bucks and all that but we know there's that one stupid counter spell in there that shot up to like 80 dollars at one point i think it went down a little bit but so when you look at products like that that you know on the secondary market they've shot up like that how do you deal with that because obviously people are still going to be like well forget this game store i'm going to go buy it online you know how how do you deal with something like that you
3: cry no (laughs) (laughs) um it's interesting because uh in the states it's a lot different amazon is a lot different in the states than it is here in canada so um I've, i've seen a lot of like discrepancies in prices with American Amazon versus American game store pricing and how people can get like it at half price on Amazon and so they're They're buying it half price. That's not the case here in Canada. It's still pretty Um, across the board the same as far as what we have to charge for it and what um, Amazon might have to charge for it. With something like Commander, I think people expect that the prices will fluctuate. We compare with other game stores, with what's happening in the States, and we just try to stay competitive. We know that we can't compete with Amazon. um, And I think, again, it just comes down to whether people are wanting to shop local or whether they're wanting to shop at a big box store and those people will shop at a big box store if they want to. So you can't just try to compete with that. Um, What people don't understand and I'm gonna like stand on my soapbox uh, (laughs) for just a tiny second about like even you guys down there with Amazon is um, Amazon can buy things at distributor rates they don't have a middleman they can undercut the competition just so they can maintain a monopoly and if you want your local game store in your community to run games for you and run events Mm -hmm. then you need to buy stuff from them from time to time because otherwise they can't pay the lights and they can't pay they don't Mm -hmm. amazon doesn't have tables and chairs and things for you to sit and it doesn't have ambiance they're just an online warehouse. So yes, they can do it cheaper, but you're buying more from your local game store than just the product.
0: No, and that and that oh, makes, a, so makes awesome. a lot of sense. No, no, <laughs> you, you're you're fine. You're fine. It's um, I, I I love picking like store owners' brains about this kind of stuff because, I mean, it's, it's I mean, I I don't know. I've never owned a business like that. It's so I don't know what all the ins and outs are, but just from what I've seen with talking with other owners it's it's tough it's it's like i said i know the profit margin on magic is so small um and it's but like even dnd books right like i'll i'll sometimes see amazon sells the player's handbook for DD for like 20 bucks and when you look at the actual msrp it's like 15 you're like how are you gonna compete with that you know um but just like you said people can't Play D and D or Magic at Amazon, at least not yet. Not until Amazon starts building game stores. Oh, have you heard that GameStop is starting to do that now? Oh, that, really? Uh, and, and they're they are doing a test pilot in Oklahoma where they're gonna where they're opening up game stores. Um, but I I think I I don't know if they're wanting to do board games or Magic or D and D. These game stores I think are primarily esports. Related, You know, like oh, League of okay. Legends, Overwatch, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, But that kind of brings up a point or a question where if they were to start getting in the business of game shops like yourselves, I mean, that's a little scary because that's corporate money behind them. And with how GameStop, like physical GameStop locations are starting to close down or they you know, start to figure out, Hey, we've got all these, this empty space. We're not selling video games anymore. Let's turn them into game shops. That's kind of scary. Don't you think?
3: Yeah. Yeah. But I think it comes down to what Shauna was saying earlier with diversification. I think you have to be more than one thing. Um, So yeah, we have board games, we have books, we have Mm -hmm. coffee, we have tea, we have snacks, we (laughs) have, you know, a bunch of different avenues that people can come in and experience our store in. So yeah, if you just want to be one thing, then a big box store can come in and they will probably be able to outdo you because they have corporate money behind them. Um, so again, if you, but if you're selling an experience, then that's why people keep coming back to your store, right? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, it's um it reminds me of one of the first game stores I ever went to when, cause I, you know, even though I've been playing Magic a long time, I never went to, we never had a game shop around here when I grew up and all that, so my story of trying to accumulate Magic cards is basically what I could find at Walmart growing up <laughs> as a kid. <clears throat> um, so, when I went to my first game shop back when M13 came out, and it's that exact experience you're talking about, it, it was a very family-oriented feeling, <laughs> where I could just go there, hang yeah. out, I don't even have to buy anything because the owner will know like, Hey, I I'll buy whatever, you know, and I'm not going to just loiter and all that stuff. And just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I'm sure you've had players like that where they'll just come and not buy anything. And <laughs>
3: yep. can I have a glass so I can have a glass of water? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no it's that good it's that good atmosphere because you know i have a good friend of mine where he was going through a rough time personally and the game shop was happened to be open on christmas eve and he spent the the store owner decided to stay with him during his christmas eve missed it with his family just to spend time with that player and you know like what what there's like GameStop wouldn't do something like that. They tell you like, uh, get out, get out of here. You yeah, know? If you're not gonna buy anything.
3: Then you need to get out. And <laughs> yeah. at, I mean. <laughs> In business in general, you have to remember that there's ripple effects and trickle-down effects of everything you do. So yeah, that one kid that doesn't have any money from their parents that (laughs) night and is just getting a glass of water because that's all they can afford. They come, they play magic, they go home, and they're super excited Mm -hmm. that they got to play magic. Christmas time comes around, where's mom coming for Christmas presents? probably come to our yep. store. So yep. there is trickle down things and it's not like we do those things because we have this like super manipulative <laughs> like game plan in our hands. No, no,
0: I, I know like what you mean, Yeah.
3: But it's about recognizing that people are people and you just need to treat them like people and so we treat everybody that comes into the store as friends and yeah. and just kind of go from there. <laughs> so
0: sure. what do you, so what do you do to try to make sure your gaming store is a safe place because and and I'll preface that with um, I know I as a male um, you know I don't experience a lot of what females and other people go through and all that Mm -hmm. stuff but and I'm not trying to discount their experiences or anything but I know I like I said I'm I, I say this is a Florida thing but I've heard a lot of horror stories from other LGS's too where I've been to, I've definitely been to some LGS's where it's just you know even I as a male where I'm like oh okay I don't feel comfortable at all being here and just you know not only just the smell but you know just a lot of it just the players and the store owners are just really crappy and shady people and you know mm-hmm. how do you what are you and I'm sure you've heard those stories too so what do you do to make sure that people are feeling welcoming to your story
3: we, we make sure that people like Sean are around who yeah. will play magic <laughs> with anybody <laughs> No, I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, like, I think you hit the the, the nail on the head there, where you talk, talked about how the owners are like these really shady people. I think um, you you yourself, if you're not shady and and you're welcoming to people, mm-hmm. that's going to trickle down to all the rest of the people in in an expectation of what you what you expect <clears throat> in your store. Um, Shauna is here every Friday. She plays magic. There's a couple kids that just like, Mrs. Sabrini as soon as they walk in the door. And she will sit and play with them all night long, even though she super wants to please, please let me join the tournament this week. But so-and-so doesn't want to, so she'll play with them. And, um, there's other people in our store that will do that as well. And I think, you know, I've always viewed my role as let me introduce you to so-and-so. And And because I know that that person will welcome them in. And, and I really think that a magic community needs to be about family. And even some of the, the 20 to 30 year olds that come here and play on a regular basis, they're super open. I mean, you know, I mean, we all are right. If you had some, that was new that really wanted to play with you and someone came up and said do you mind playing with this person you'd be like yeah sure join our table join our commander game right mm-hmm. so um i think if you set that expectation in your store we have had i mean we had we've incidents. had incidents a few things
2: yeah, yeah. And, and it's not just for women to be safe here it's mm-hmm. like the kids to be safe it's for yeah people like with disabilities and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um that do play magic tends to attract a lot of those kinds of people for sure and and um it's kind of like when that stuff happens it's a it's a zero tolerance kind of thing it's taking them aside and having that conversation and yeah you're you're being kind of a jerk here and that's really this is a fun event this is not a Oh my gosh! You're stacking your deck, or some stupid rules thing. You can't seed your deck.
3: You're stacking it. You know, you get some right. of the competitive players yeah. that are like you can't do that. Sorry, but this is you know casual
2: Friday night magic. So <laughs> there's no yeah. calling the judge. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> know yeah. yourself. I'm a grandma, so people kind of respect me a little bit. So if I give them the grandma finger, they <laughs> <laughs> the grandma.
0: no, that's good to hear because it's um, it's. You know, especially for newer players or people who may have social anxiety or anything like that, it can be intimidating even playing in an FNM where, you know, e- even though it is like a casual REL event, but it's still, you'll come across those very try-hard people. <laughs> at FMs, yeah. where they act like it's a Grand Prix or a Pro Tour or something, and you're just like, I just want to play my janky, you know, goblin deck or something. I don't
1: want to. But
3: at the same time, too, like you totally respect that type of person because if you, I mean, we can all look back in our childhood. I'm speaking to everybody listening right now. We can all look back in our childhood, and we were probably all the kids that felt that they didn't belong somewhere. So finally, you get to this magic community, and you're good at what you do. You can build this awesome deck and it wins every time and suddenly you are the center of attention. So I get why the tryhards are try-hard. Like, (laughs) hey, you're good and you should be celebrated for that. So it's just about finding balance and saying, well, maybe now is not the time for you to try hard because this person has never played before and they're playing with a welcome deck. So let me give you a welcome deck (laughs) too. (laughs) And you guys can both play welcome decks, you know, so.
0: No, that's good to know. No, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. It's um, I feel it's something important, especially with myself having two daughters. It's they always want to come to the game shop with me. Y- usually, I I haven't really been going to my game store for Magic lately. It's been mainly more D and D. So, and usually that's sort of my time away from the house since I work from home and you know I'm home all the time and the kids are always. You know, here and it's usually like <laughs> I need to get away alright yep. <laughs> so but when I do bring them it's I like the fact that you know I can bring them to the shop you know they're well behaved and you know it's not a shady place and all that you know it's not like a scumbag place or anything like that it's <laughs> <laughs> just, I've just had some bad experiences and
1: yeah
0: <laughs> it's um like I said I I like to say it's a Florida thing but I keep hearing no it's Pretty yeah. much everywhere, yeah. It's everywhere, but um, no, that's great. Um, I mean, I I guess God, I'm trying to think of what else I want to. I know for. what you need to yes. talk about. What? I would
3: like, I would like Shauna to talk about the amazing Magic the Gathering club that she has at her school library.
0: Ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's awesome! Yeah, talk about that.
2: Yeah, because um, you both
0: are librarians, so, right?
2: Yeah. Yes. I'm a school librarian, and she's a public librarian.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah.
2: So, Magic, um, well, Wizards of the Coast did offer, I don't don't know if they have any left, it's hard to get them, but they offered a starting your own kind of game um, club at school. And again, um, when I became librarian, part of the reason I wanted to be a librarian is there's a lot of kids that don't fit into the sports and those sorts of things. And I shouldn't say that, it's a kind of a sweeping generalization, but for the most part, those kids need something to do. So um, I was interested in magic and some of them came here to the store and they were like, we should play this at school. And so we, we talked about it. And <laughs> so I started uh, this group at school and I got all this stuff from Wizards, it was amazing. And so we actually have a little challenge going there that if they can play against Mrs. Savrani and beat me, then they get a little promo pack thing from, uh, which has a coupon and stuff in it. So it's kind of always a challenge to, to beat me and, and some of them have, have, uh, Learned a lot about deck building and stuff, and it's just a safe, again, a safe place for them to come at lunchtime and come and try to play against Mrs. Savraini. so it's kind of fun. So those
1: kids so, are good; They've got so good.
0: What what you need to do is you get one of the kids who thinks they're, you know, oh, I, I'm the best magic player around or whatever. You bring your, like, either a vintage or legacy storm deck or something, beat them <laughs> on turn one, and be like, I'm sorry, what were you saying again?
1: <laughs> oh, she does that. I do that. Okay. <laughs> Get a little cocky
2: then. so yeah. Okay, yeah. Now we're gonna play my deck
1: that. uh Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: maybe
2: play my optimized. <laughs> no more welcome decks for you. No. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you have anything like that for anybody who wants to maybe play a harder deck against you, like a Legacy or Modern deck, or anything like that?
2: Oh, well, yes. Uh, most of the kids have standard decks, so. Most of my decks are standard decks, but I do like to play standard quite a bit and fairly competitive decks, so I do have some of those that I dig out. I I don't have my little theme. I have a bunch of theme decks. I like to play lots of themes, so Mm
1: -hmm.
2: wolves or vampires or whatever, but if they start getting cocky, then I bring out my uh, kind of tier one (laughs) (laughs) deck. run them over and they're like what just happened when
3: sometimes it's fun when you have a bunch of decks too and they've had some time in there yeah they're kind of ready to level up themselves yeah. as far as what they're playing when you can give them your yes. wolf deck and say exactly. here you play the wolf deck i'll play the vampire deck we'll see how it goes right yeah. and so she's really good at making sure that she has a bunch of decks ready yeah. And, yeah. and so
1: that's
0: cool i still think you should maybe maybe leslie you you have her borrow some of the cards if you have them in stock (laughs) maybe like help her build a legacy deck like a legacy tier one deck or something and especially when you get one of those really cocky kids be like all right hold on i'm gonna show you all right
3: (laughs) (laughs) well she's got a cube and everything so yeah yeah she pulls that out from time to time
2: too
3: yeah we're slowly pulling them into commander yeah
2: (laughs) Ooh,
0: nice yeah, so yeah, we played Commander a couple weeks ago. We need to do that again. Um I think you were yeah. playing the cat deck, Leslie, and Shauna yeah. was playing the I might have
3: won at
2: least one of the games. Yeah, you
0: did win one of the games and Shauna <laughs> you were playing oh my gosh, what, what was it again? Wolves no no Wolves was the second one. Wolves was the second one.
2: The first one I yeah. played was um wasn't it oh it was um uh, Geese, was it? It was, oh, it was my zombie deck, I think. The Geese Figure
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the Demir one. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, those were some fun games. Um, that cat deck, um, kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. So we are. Um, we need to do a, another game. Just uh, you, me, uh, us three, and Pixie, and yeah. we all need to try to play cat decks. Cause I'm I'm almost done building my cat deck.
1: Oh, um, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or puppy, like we can do cats the against sweet dogs cats. and puppies. I'll do
0: puppies. Well, Pixie said that she was also going to build a rat deck too.
3: Rats, oh, cats okay. and rats and dogs.
0: Ooh, there we go. <laughs> well, life. well, if it's going to be four of us, we need one more. Cats, rats, dogs, squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, you're building a squirrel deck. <laughs> oh god,
0: those they're so they're so expensive. <laughs> those squirrels. That's squirrel... what you're building. No. <laughs> Uh, all right well i
3: i'll play uh with my timeless wisdom cycle deck it has a bunch of cat cat dragon or cat dinosaurs
1: in it no
0: (laughs) no 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 we 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 did the we did the pre-con stream um this past saturday and uh, mr bevers was playing the cycle deck oh my gosh Deck I
3: was watching. Control. Remember?
0: Oh yeah, it's um. Oh yeah, and you saw my daughter cheering against me and all. that. <laughs>
3: Poor Zoom. Everyone, everyone just goes for you. <laughs> you.
0: know even when I'm not the threat, it's like, but it's what? early on when, when I first started doing the streams. It's I was playing a lot my stronger decks and all that, <laughs> and then I, I understand. I, I understand why they come after me, but I I've been building decks that are purposely weaker now i even built a blue deck that has zero counter spells
2: wow i don't believe it That'd have been hard to do
0: oh it was, <laughs> you don't believe me should i should i tell you what it is and you, you're, you're gonna groan anyway at what it is okay. it's, a, it's a grixis deck and it's Yeah. Oh. <laughs> zero <laughs> counter spells though
3: it's a super not very good deck
0: <laughs> there's no counter spells they're just board wipes in it, so you know, and, I, and oh, you get to draw cards.
3: Board wipes. I just That's want to play creatures,
0: but I'm not countering any of your spells, though. I'm That's allowing fair. you to resolve them,
1: yeah. <laughs> and then they die. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I did build a um, I just recently built a Jeskai monk deck with uh, using Narset as the commander, and I did put a few counter spells in that because monks as a tribe are pretty weak. And I didn't put a lot of lords in there or anything because all the monks have prowess and all that. So right. I'm casting. I'm trying to cast a lot of non-creature spells like ponder, brainstorm, draw effects to sort of pump them up. And but it's cool. um, so it's it's. I've played it a few times. It's pretty fun. It's um. If someone board wipes me, I'm pretty much dead at that point because <laughs> I don't have <laughs> I don't have ways to get back my creatures or anything like that.
3: You have an awesome raid mother deck.
2: Yeah, the goblin, the raid mother.
0: Oh, is the, the green red green one? Green and
2: red well, goblins, yeah.
0: Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's a, uh, she's, uh, she can be nasty.
2: <laughs> just pops um, up the goblins. Yes. <laughs> Makes lots of goblins, and then you can copy spells as well.
3: And then don't you have something that when a creature dies, or so, or when a token creature dies, that you do damage or something like that? Of course. So you just, like,
2: She's Have lots of stuff and let it die. And
3: then for so do you ever notice that people who play magic typically play opposite their personality? <laughs> so she's super unaggressive in real life. She's just like the nicest person in the world. But when you get her at the magic table, she's so aggressive. It's so <laughs> scary.
0: <laughs> well, I need to play some more commander with you two to, to get... To understand that, because um, it's I, I definitely I think control is my favorite um, archetype, but I don't like playing control too much in Commander. I like more of the um, Timmy aspect, where I love playing big creatures and mm-hmm. they do shenanigans on the board. <laughs> I love shenanigans in Commander. It's one of my favorite things about it.
3: Yeah. I just like big, stompy things like cats <laughs> that do 24 trample Yeah, one exactly. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> commander <scary>. damage. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I love the mutate deck. Like, seriously, oh our my
1: God.
3: enhanced evolution. Like, it's stupid. Mutate onto a flyer yeah. and just fly in for command damage over and over and over again.
0: Really and it's that, really that, that good mutate a commander is really good too it's a six six right off the bat you can only pay four mana for it to mutate
3: (laughs) ridiculous although i haven't played it yet in a group game so i'd really like to play it in a group game so please invite us to something um uh so that i can see how well it does because 1v1 it's just ridiculously powerful but it probably isn't in a group because everyone will probably target you as soon as you get it up
0: (laughs) it it depends like when we were doing the pre-cons um like the Saturday morning pre cons when we had Total MTG on, he won both times with the mutate deck, but both times he started off really slow. Mm-hmm. And it was, and so the group kind of did the wrong thing of ignoring him because, well, we still didn't know how powerful the Salt deck could be because right. um, the Teamer and Jeskai deck were just getting a little bit crazy right off the bat. And so we tried to focus on them. And then Total just sort of came out of nowhere with his. Like oh he's got like ten creatures mutated and we're like whoa wait what just happened?
3: (laughs) Didn't you know that that's all Commander is diverting attention to somebody else?
0: (laughs) Pretty much, and it doesn't work in my case.
2: She's very good at that. (laughs) That's how I play. (laughs) I shouldn't tell you that.
0: I'll remember that next time. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> no, that's one of my, that's one of the best things about commander is just the politics of it. And yeah. just, um, trying to make deals with people like, Hey, don't attack me this turn. And we'll, we'll take care <laughs> of this other player here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. so what are some of your favorite commanders that you all have?
2: I love my Tasa commander <clears> deck. <throat> I love it. It's my favorite.
0: Tessa that's Orzov, right?
2: Yeah. 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 So it's all about death triggers and just yeah. Just
0: is, I is just that sit the, there. Is that the newer Tessa, the one that pr- was printed yeah, last year? Tessa okay. Karlov,
2: yeah, and then I have other versions of her in the deck too. So
0: Okay. Because it's um, a
2: whole bunch of death trigger stuff. It's awesome. Oh
0: god. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of sack effects.
2: Yep. Lots oh, and lots. Gross. Yeah. And every time your creatures die, my creatures, it doesn't matter. Board wipe. Okay. Everybody loses fifteen <laughs> life? Sure. Oh
0: God. That's gross.
2: Except me I gain fifteen.
3: <laughs> it's really gross.
0: <laughs> that sounds gross. It's fun. What about you, For, Leslie?
2: Um,
3: I'm a I'm all about flyers. I've always been kind of like a fly, fan of flyers, so I think Ur Dragon is probably my favorite one and mm. it's got the eminence. So I think those all those commanders that were released with eminence are all really powerful mm-hmm. commanders. Oh yeah. And I've thought of building, like, a different dragon deck, but what's the point? Because (laughs) Ur-Dragon is just the best commander out there, I think, for dragons.
0: Well, there's Scion of the Ur-Dragon, which can be just as good. Because as soon as you get him out, he can just start digging through your deck to copy dragons. But I do like the Ur-Dragon. Ur-Dragon
3: just plays dragons for free.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that, that's what I like with the Ur-Dragon, because he's like the king of the dragons and all that, and um, <laughs> just white face with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I per, I, so I have, you've probably seen it on the stream, my Ur-Dragon deck, and I purposely made my mana base terrible in that deck while I have all the really good dragons. And I tell people, if you can't beat me with this deck, that means your deck's way too slow, because I have all the... I have all ten tap lands in it with the tri-tap lands, um, and I think very few basics, and I have no Chromatic Lantern, none, of that, barely any ramp and all that stuff, so I'm like, if I beat you with this deck, you're too slow.
1: <laughs> you're killing me. So, no, I like the dragon. What?
2: Need to be faster. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes.
0: No, so how many commander decks do you both have?
2: There's 15 in my house right now.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> that's between everybody. That's, that's between, oh, everybody. between
0: everybody. Oh, between everybody.
1: Okay. okay.
2: Okay. Oh, I don't know. You've quite a few. I
1: uh,
3: I buy a lot of the pre mades because I also because we're trying to get a lot of the kids that come into the store, yeah. people that come into the store to join our commander event, I like to have them on hand to say, Hey, yeah, you can use it. So, you know, I have the populate one and the dragon one and the cat one. I have an angel one.
2: Um, I have a lot of the commander 2016 ones because my son bought a lot of them and yeah. they're worth a lot of money right now. It's yeah. insane. Yeah,
0: I know all of them, even especially the 2017 ones with the dragon and the vampires and all that they're yeah. super yeah. expensive.
3: Yeah, well, because you can't, I mean, that's because they only print a few of them, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something going back to your previous question about like, all of a sudden, it comes out and the price skyrockets for them. That's ultimately simple supply and demand, right? Um, They're not being printed again you know, pre orders wise, if you ordered it ahead of time, here's what we had in stock and here's what mm-hmm. we could get. But even now our distributors like we can't buy it anymore. So
0: even the new sets right now? The
1: the new the ones? new
3: sets, yeah. No, we can't oh, buy them. Wow. So, you know, if you didn't if you if you didn't have enough money to buy like cases and cases of it. And even then we were allocated. So mm-hmm. our store being a small store, we could get seven cases and then Wow, that's like um,
1: nothing.
3: It's nothing, exactly. <laughs> and then we were offered another three cases after it came out. And then that's it. We can't get any more. No so that's why the prices kind of go up because it's like you can't buy them from anyone anymore because Wizards doesn't print them again.
0: And that kind of forces players to go to Walmart or Target or even Amazon because if you don't have them, because Walmart, gonna get them?
3: Amazon, and Target can buy pallets up. and pallets yeah. of them. are allowed but,
0: to. <laughs> and that's, that's got to be frustrating. Because um, is that also the kind of same when it comes to standard sets like Ikoria? Are you guys no. only...
3: Acoria will keep being printed for a while, but like there are definitely some sets that if you, um, I'm trying to think of like some of the older sets, so even like shadows of Moon. cons and dragons and yeah. those types of even shadows over Innistrad, you can't buy those anymore from distributors. They're just not available. But if you were big enough or had enough cash flow at the time to buy a pallet. When it first came out and could store it in your basement or had enough room to store it in your basement, then you're good. Um, so bigger stores do better with that kind of stuff. So we, you know, we, we do our best. Or I think smaller mom and pop stop, shops do their best for stuff like that. But yeah.
0: So how long do they normally allow you to buy standard sets? Like, let's use Ikori as an example. Like, how long are you able to... Buy that from them if if you wanted to. Let's say it just kept selling out every time you bought, you know, a case of booster boxes or something. As
3: long as they're reprinting it, then we can buy
0: it. So does it differ for sets each time for how long they're printing it?
3: Um, I'm trying to think of what is the the latest we can buy. I think we can still buy Am and Not that anybody ever does, but I think you can still buy. But not the ones before Cat, but yeah. not the ones before so it is like a couple years afterwards that you yeah. can kind of like keep buying it but of course then the interest goes down once yeah. standard rotation happens so you're not buying a lot of those and except for like dominaria you can't buy anymore can't get
0: yeah and they're that, not. that sold out like crazy
3: mm-hmm. yeah and i don't think they're re- i don't think they're printing that so Cat probably just It was so unpopular that a lot of distributors still have stuff. But because Dominaria had so many cards that were good for Commander, bringing it back to Commander again, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what Ikoria has going for it, is that there's a lot of cards that are good. Theros uh, Beyond Death was really good for Commander cards. Ever since Dominaria, every set has has had some stuff in there that I think is just for a commander. Even I think a lot of the companions, um, what we were talking about mm. Giganta the other day, yeah, and how Giganta as a companion in standard, yeah, not really that great. Yeah. But if you think of her as a commander and all of the different five color legendary <laughs> cards that you could possibly put in a commander deck, that you could cast for free if you had Jagatha on the battle- yeah. battlefield, all of a sudden she becomes really interesting. Yeah. So I, I like that they're thinking a little bit more about cards that might be good in Commander, because that format will kind of, I think they're realizing that format will kind of be the, the thing that they should focus on, because yeah. it's oh, more yeah. casual.
0: Oh, yeah. It's- definitely what keeps it like if i wasn't playing commander at all i probably wouldn't be playing any paper magic except maybe for like the occasional pre-release or sealed or something like that um so one other question i had i guess mainly more of a store question collector boosters how have they affected single like for you being able to sell singles or anything like that or has that affected business in any way because they started doing them in Throne of Eldraine, I want to say, the first time they did them. Uh, yeah, because so. yeah, yeah. during the Ravnica set it was that mythic booster box or something they were doing.
3: I think people are really excited about the collector <laughs> boosters that are collectors. Uh they're the price point is too high for people that just are interested in magic. But they're definitely collectors out there, and those are the people that will buy the singles after the fact as well, because they're trying to complete a set. <laughs> um, so I think it adds a different dynamic. I don't think it it has affected it negatively or positively in any one way. I think it's just another thing for those collectors to kind of be interested in and collect. And we do have a few people in our community, even a small community like ours that are collectors. So, um, you know, I think I think it's a, f- I, I love the art. So both Sean mm-hmm. and our, I our are yeah. really art like into the art of magic as well we quite often comment on all of the in our if you watch any of our videos we'll quite often comment on the art so the full art and the full art foils or the alternate arts even the japanese planeswalkers were really kind of a fun thing yeah. you got excited i remember we were opening a Korea <laughs> And we kept going, oh, my gosh. Oh, look at this one. Oh, this is so pretty. And it was full art comic book, and we hadn't seen it yet on uh, Arena. So, yeah.
2: I like to buy – like, I don't like to buy those collector packs myself, but I like to buy the individual cards from them. So with those – again, it's because of those – that pretty factor or that certain card that I want. But there are people – some of the guys that come in, they like to buy those – packs and just sit there and open them and see how far they can get with the the value of those cards they'll buy another
0: Pack, oh, I see what you mean.
2: Continue on to see how many they can get and then buy a pack, sell the cards yeah. with the credit that you got from that pack, you buy
1: another
2: pack, <laughs> open it, the card.
0: It, it's scratch-off it, tickets.
2: Until you can't do it anymore.
0: <laughs> it's basically gas station scratch-off tickets. Really and exactly. Really <laughs> is, yeah.
2: And then I just go buy the nice pretty card that they left. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So you haven't noticed like a negative to regular singles? since they've done the collector's boosters or anything?
3: Oh, no. No, I think the people that want to buy singles that aren't collectors don't want foil collectors. They just want the regular single card. And so still, it's more like, I just want the regular near mint. Most people won't go for lightly played, but they'll go for like the regular near mint And if it's a choice between the foil, even like just a regular foil. And I think the... The problem with it is that a lot of the foils right now are just curling. They have curl problem with the issue, and so nobody wants those cards because they're they feel that it's devalued. I think that it's not devalued because all the cards that are published during that. Time frame are going to be the same 20 years
0: from now. Well, um, let me ask you this. In terms of foil curling, um, when you got your Ikoria recently, did it come from Japan, or did it come from a printer in the U.S.? Printer in the U.S. Okay. Because I've noticed, because my entire case that I had from Ikoria was printed in Japan. i still in English and all that, but I notice all the foils are completely flat. Even now, like a week or two later, they're still flat. Um, okay. And I've noticed that the Japanese... and I had my case from Theros was the same thing. It came from Japan. So I don't know what card stock they're using over in Japan versus the US. They need to bring that from Japan over to US because I've noticed I I've bought I've had card what was it Throne of Eldraine was the last case that I got from the US and um, th- wow. those cards are curled to like all types of hell. And It's interesting yeah so I don't I don't I was just curious like I don't know if you've noticed that or anything
3: yeah no um we have to triple sleeve our foils now when it's an expensive foil (laughs) we just triple sleeve it and then it like basically it goes double sleeved and then into a binder thing yeah so it's technically triple sleeved if you keep all the air off it that helps
0: so I don't even double sleeve my even really rare cards like my um playset of Gaia's Cradles they're only in single sleeves oh, I'm, I'm terrible gosh. I know <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible terrible magic player none of my real even like my like some of my EDH decks that are like nearing a thousand dollars and all that like nah they're not double sleeved I'm horrible
2: <laughs> we're, we're librarians so we know exactly where all of our cards are and what shape they're in
0: do you have a Do you have it set by Dewey Decimal System and all that too?
2: No, it's a database. Set or, de-
0: no. or database? Not, does Dewey Decimal System even? Yes, they're
3: computerized even, and yes, they're alphabetized and yes, they're in color <laughs> order. Is Dewey Decimal System <laughs> still a thing? Yes.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. See, i, Is I the
3: I Dewey Decimal thing. Do you even have a library card, young
0: man? <laughs> Actually, I do. I I went to um, library. Well, before the pandemic and all that, I take um my youngest. I'll try to do it at least once a month um because yeah. they'll have um you know craft activities there which she can do and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that so yeah. um so speaking of being librarians what is um just sort of changing subjects here so <laughs> i don't know anything like what do librarians do in a sense so and how different is it from being like a school librarian to a public librarian well, what like what are some of the differences there in And what do you do?
2: (laughs) Um, Well, with the school library, the biggest part of my job is, especially with the – I'm in a middle school, so it's grade five to eight. Mm -hmm. So those are when you can lose people from reading or you can get them really excited about reading. So um, my biggest job is to help those kids find a book that is going to suit them and make them excited about reading because that's when – the middle years are the – make it or break it for reading in my opinion so, oh, yeah. so that's my biggest part of my job and, and just maintaining all those books and stuff for the kids but the biggest thing is getting to know them and and how I can get them reading
0: so Ooh, that's yeah. cool I like that and, <laughs> and what about a public librarian
3: So um, I'm the head librarian, so my job is of course different than maybe somebody (laughs) that's at the front desk or that you would view as a librarian, but I think of myself as the curator of knowledge for the entire community. So um, there's a lot of information out there and you need to know, we might not know everything, but we know where to find the proper information and not the fake news. Um, I'll just use that term um, anyways um, so a lot of my job is like managing the team and I think of myself as the captain of the ship but you know figuring out the new and innovative ways and so we are more about less about the books of course books and regular materials and ebooks and audiobooks are a thing um, but how do you service an entire community with programs and uh, computers and we have a video game room in our like with an xbox in our library we have virtual reality headset in our library and a green screen in our library and maker spaces and ipads and things like that that you (laughs) could we can check out a telescope at my library so it's really i view my job as what's the newest trend that's out there that people need to experience and i think that not everyone can afford to have all the fun, shiny things. And it's my job to make sure everybody's on an even playing field so that they can experience the same things as maybe Joe Smith, who has a million dollars and can buy their own do
0: <laughs> That's pretty so. cool. That's weird. So what's something about being a librarian that most people don't know about, like that may surprise them about no- knowing?
1: Hmm.
3: I don't know what people know it's a pretty secret society like oh no you might not know that we have like underground bunkers where we keep like artifacts have you ever like
0: would it surprise me
3: have you ever seen indiana jones
0: nope never no. heard of it
3: <laughs> uh, gosh i don't know um people leave weird things in books <laughs> <laughs> Weirdest thing I found in a book was um, uh, bacon, a slice of bacon. What? Someone just dropped a present off for me.
0: (laughs) Ooh, a foil kahira. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So someone Um, left a slice of bacon in a book?
3: Yeah, I opened up a book, flipping through it, checking it in one day, and there was a slice of bacon someone had been using as a bookmark I guess
0: oh god it probably did it leave grease everywhere yeah oh god
3: it's not the oh. worst thing I found in a book but we won't talk about Other things.
0: <laughs> okay. okay maybe off air or something because it's um... <laughs>
2: <laughs> the funny thing that happens in in the school li- libra- library is uh, a lot of the kids think that I've actually read every single one of those books. <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I have not read them, but I have I have a photographic memory, so if I've seen the cover or I've read the synopsis on the back and stuff, I can I usually know what book that was. So if they can tell me something about the book, I can tell them which book it was. So it kind of freaks them out a little bit.
0: So what are some of your favorite books? <clears throat>
2: Well, my absolute favorite book is, um, um, oh gosh, my brain is been published. You can't ask oh a librarian God. what their favorite book, book is. Book of Negroes is my very, very, very favorite book. Really? You have yeah. a favorite? I don't have a favorite.
0: Well, what are some of your favorites? And not, not the favorite.
3: <laughs> well, Nancy Drew's, of course. Anything by Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> Uh, I would say Patrick Rothfuss, the name of the wind Mm -hmm. is one of my favorites. Uh, Philip Pullman's, um, series, uh, the golden compass series was
0: amazing.
3: Um,
0: outlander. I need Uh, to read those. I I watched the first season of the show and I really liked it, mm -hmm. but I've heard the books are better.
3: Yeah. Yes. Were you there when we, so I, I was at a, were you at that writer's conference? Which one? The one that Diana Gabaldon was at? No, I I didn't. She's amazing. If you ever get a chance to go see her, oh my gosh, she's so awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so those are a few. I like a lot of fantasy, sci-fi. Blake Blake Crouch is really good. I loved Ready Player One. Um, Mart The Martian was really good. I you know you can't ask me that. I'll stop (laughs) now.
2: I'm historical (laughs) fiction, so I'm a little bit less about the sci-fi and stuff. I'm more into the the stor- historical fiction is my thing. So
0: Yeah, that
3: that's my,
2: that's my
0: wife. She she really likes the whole Victorian books and <laughs> all about queens and princesses yeah. and um yeah. with it trying to be as historically accurate as possible and all that. It's yeah. I lo- I love all the fantasy. I'm going through the Witcher series for the first time and oh, oh my cool. gosh, I love it. I love it uh-huh. cuz after watching the show cuz I've never yeah. played the games or anything, but I watched the yeah. show. And um, then I immediately picked up the books and just fell in love.
2: I'll have to do that. I haven't done it. I really like the show too, but I have not read the book. So I'll have to do that. So.
0: Yeah. The first two books are basically a bunch of short stories that are pretty similar based off a of season one of the show. Um, but this, I'm on the third book now and it's, it's so good. I, I can't wait to see it in show format because there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. <laughs> cool. So you also mentioned writers' conferences. Are you two writers as well? Have you written any books? Yeah, I want to
1: be
2: writers.
0: want (laughs) to be writers. I I
2: published. (laughs) I have not.
0: Oh, okay.
3: (laughs) Yes. I don't have as much time to write as I would like to write because, you know, owning that door, playing playing magic, having a YouTube channel, and being a librarian. (laughs) I have a lot of stuff on my plate. But um, we do like to write, yeah. Yeah. So you I write said fancies, though.
0: romances? Okay.
3: I write fantasy, mostly like fractured fairy tale type things.
0: So you said you have something published?
3: Yes, it's a short story, so it's not like a book yet. But <laughs> okay. um, I do have a book written; it's just not published. Um, uh, it's a retelling of Little Red Riding Hood with a sci-fi twist. Um, Mm-hmm. And it's in a book called Enigma Front. And I don't think you used to be able to get it on Amazon, but I think it's out of print now. But there might be used copies out there. We okay. have it our store. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to pandorasbooks.ca. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what about you, Shauna? You said you're tr- are you trying to write a book right now? or?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, I have my shitty first draft is done of my very first uh, novel. And I have another one mm-hmm. started. But... I haven't finished that one yet for sure. So
0: that's something that I've always wanted to try to do was write a book. Cause I remember as a kid, just loving to write, like read and write. And, um, what, what, what's some advice you could give to up and coming writers that, you know, maybe want to write a book or something like that.
3: Just do
2: it. Yeah. What pushed me over the edge was, um, we challenged each other to do the NaNoWriMo, which is the national novel writing month, which is November. Okay. So we pushed each other to do that. So we kind of had that goal together to spend that month to write and finish a, a book. So that's what we did. Mm-hmm. 40,000 words one month. 50,000 50, 50, 50, words one month.
0: Dang, that seems like a lot.
2: It's not that bad. It's 1,800 words a day. A couple thousand that's words not a day.
0: That's not too bad, actually. Only
2: okay.
0: like about 1,800 to 2,000 a day.
2: That's not too bad. It's no. not yeah, too bad. It and
3: it, what you find, I guess so advice uh <laughs> write every day write at the same time every day so when you like if you write first thing in the morning when you wake up then your brain is ready to write when you wake up. So you're always constantly kind of like, it's like training yourself to be creative Um, and then just do it. Like a lot of people are like, well, I'd really like to do that, but uh, maybe someday and, or I'm not good enough. And she just alluded to the whole shitty first draft. Well, that's exactly what it's called. Like just get your shitty first draft done. It's going to be crap because you're going to rewrite it about 14, thousand
2: times before it's right yeah and the biggest thing is for me that because I like to correct things as I'm going along and I'm Mm -hmm. perfectionist and stuff so having that goal was I could not do that with those 1800 words every day so I just wrote out the story as it just came dumping out of my head so there was no editing and it actually really came together and made me feel much better And so then I've gone back and working on the editing and stuff of that story
1: so
0: Yeah. Oh, that's some good advice. Yeah. My my last writing project that I even did, which I need to just do it like you say, is um I was writing a uh D and D adventure mm-hmm. and um I got halfway through it and then just stopped for some reason. I mm-hmm. can't remember why. It's just one of those things. It's
1: Yeah. You know,
3: you start... But you DM a lot and you said you DM'd a Ravnica adventure, so obviously yeah. you wrote that.
1: Did because I? there's no
3: pre made.
1: Out there, (laughs) did I though?
3: (laughs) Well, you did. You put it together, and you made things happen, and you told the story.
0: (laughs) So, so the so the D and D campaign I do now, um, I uh, especially at the game store, it's in a world that I made up. So I do work on that a lot, like the world. But as far as like DMing, I've gotten to a point because I've DMed for so long that I just have a basic idea of what I'm gonna do, then just sort of make it all up as I keep going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's definitely been some nights where I've prepped nothing at all for a campaign. And I'm just like, yeah, so this is what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> and, it's been,
2: and it's been some of the best
0: games ever. <laughs>
2: That's awesome.
3: That's good. You have natural skills.
0: <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Well, one of my favorite things about D&D and being a DM, you might enjoy this, is... When your players completely throw you for a loop, when they completely change everything that you had planned, like Like
3: every single time.
0: So one of my favorite stories that I love telling was my group was uh, sneaking into a hideout where the bad guys were and two factions of the bad guys were meeting in a room and they were listening on the other side and so they and I thought okay this is going to be a big battle or something like that they're about to fight they're getting ready to fight one of the characters decides I'm just going to walk in and start talking to them and try to negotiate something I'm just like oh, <laughs> like, oh shit. So I had to role play this whole big, long, like f- almost three hour negotiation of them <laughs> trying to make a peace with, you know, the, these bad guy factions. And I'm all like, oh, well that was probably some of the most fun I've ever had before.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you, and you already do this, cause I've seen you write, like, this is the synopsis of what we did today and what happened to our characters. Right. Yeah. So, um, that's how the Dragonlance book started. If you look at the Dragonlands, yes. oh, I, I love
0: those. You know, I love that series. Here's
3: some guys and gals that were playing D and D together, and they said, "Let's write this down and make it into a book." And thus, that was formed. So, the first—I don't know how many Dragonlance books were just retellings of what happened. And so, let like your characters help you write the first story. You just yeah. take everything that you have in your Discord channel and put it <laughs> all <reality. laughs>
0: together. See, I don't know if I actually have the interest of wanting to write a story anymore, but I definitely have an interest of wanting to write D&D adventures, like, for Mm -hmm. players to be able to play, because I definitely think I have an interest in doing that, because it's it's a lot of fun, like, doing that, like, creating the world and trying to create these adventures and prepping it, and then you realize all that prep you did was for nothing, because... (laughs) the players just screwed all up but it's so much fun I love it
1: (laughs)
3: well and are you familiar with dm's guild obviously yes Yes. no Yes. yeah so you can put stuff up there as you're like here's my first one it should take a couple hours and then get some feedback and that will help as well if you put it up there for free it will help kind of give you some idea of what people are looking for so
0: oh yeah and I've already had um the one that I am working on I've had uh, some play testing done with some of my players and Mm -hmm. of course they don't do anything that I think that normal players should be doing.
3: <laughs> that's every D&D
0: <laughs> and that's why I love that game so freaking much because you're just like it's sometimes just pure chaos
3: yeah or the puzzle you're like this is an easy puzzle they're gonna get yes. this I, you know and then yeah. they're like how do you guys not see this <laughs> it's so it's simple right there.
0: Or, or you make a puzzle where you think it's going to be a little bit harder, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's this, boom."
2: Yeah, and, and you're like, like "You just uh, spent an hour on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, game's over."
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, no, it's so. What are some of your? In speaking to D and D real quick, um, what's some of your favorite D and D classes right now that you like to play?
2: I like ro- El- elves. Is my favorite, but. Rogues is what I like to
0: play. Rogues, ooh, the sneak attack.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, they're fun. They're fun. What about you, Leslie? Like
3: well, naturally, I'm a wizard or a sorcerer.
0: Ugh. Casting fireball all the time.
3: Maybe, but if you're in the way of my fireball, then that's your fault.
0: Yeah, yeah. I. My favorites are bards and clerics. I love those too the The bards for um I really like the support aspect of them and is how they can really buff people up and do a lot of um psychic damage to bad guys and the clerics are this like the first edition that I can remember that clerics are just start off really badass right at the part they get some chainmail a warhammer and just start smashing face they're not (laughs) the timid little clerics of the past that like they used to be.
3: I'm playing a cleric uh, right now. Well, my my third character in this campaign is my third cleric, um, and uh, yeah, I I'm not enjoying the tempest cleric as much as the life cleric. Um, so I don't know what what clerics do you like to play?
0: I like life. I love the grave, the the grave cleric. Well, I
3: haven't tried that one yet. So. I think
0: that that was in the Xanathar's guide. I think. Okay. And um. My, my favorite bards are the College of Lores and the College of Glamour, I think. Yeah, the, the, or the, no, the College oh. of Whispers. That's what I'm thinking of, because th- those are really fun. Um, and right <laughs> now in the campaign I'm playing in right now, I'm a monk, uh, a, a, a drunken master monk, which he I'm loving. And um, he quit alcohol in the game and he's going through withdrawals. is he Uh,
3: he a turtle so you can be a ninja
0: turtle no no he's a halfling (laughs) he's a ghost wise halfling so he likes to mess with people and just telepathically talk to talk to them (laughs) (laughs) and so and then i want to multi-class into a rogue to um not like steal or anything like that but i want to be um really stealthy with trying to i want to be a scout rogue to be able to scout ahead and like find out where the enemies are and all that stuff and Relay that. Hmm. So I'll eventually get there if we ever get back to playing. It's uh, like yeah. everything's been put on hold. I've I've been trying to play on Roll Twenty, and yeah. as a DM, that's way more work than just pen and paper. Oh my gosh! Oh, I
3: don't think so I love Roll Twenty. I prefer to DM on Roll Twenty. Um, that's way too much been... <laughs> work for me.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it, it is a lot of work, I guess, if you're if you're creating your own. Um, the ones that you can buy on there that are
0: yeah. all set up. I, I've seen awesome. those. Yeah, I've seen that. Like I played, um, was it Tomb of Annihilation on there? Who's yeah. who's uh, with the DM that bought the campaign? And yeah, he would show yeah. me. It's like, oh, they have everything and that Dynamic you need. With,
3: is set up and the, all the maps
0: are set up and
3: door. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah
0: they do the, a good job. That way, yeah, it's really cool. But I don't. The only time I really like doing pre-written campaigns is if I'm going to be playing for a group of new players. Like Lost Minds of Phandelver is perfect for new players, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like um, the beginning of Horde of the Dragon Queen is great for new players mm-hmm. as well too. Past that, it gets kind of eh, kind of bad after that. But um, and the um, I have I still haven't tried out the new um, what is it from the Essentials Kit, the the Ice Spire Peaks or something? Yeah, I haven't tried that one yet but um they're, um, I don't know, I love DND. it's they need to um, bring D&D to magic the way that magic has been brought to d They need to st- they need to make a DND set in magic. <laughs> they, they have to. We, we've seen small little hints of it like M19 had the bag of holding as a yeah. card. and um, we saw the sword of Dungeons and Dragons at, from um, the the one silver bordered set. But um we need
3: I mean you could argue that all of magic is ultimately just a bunch of DD characters and creatures.
0: But it's not true D D though. It's not from the Forgotten Realms or Dragonlance or Greyhawk or any of that stuff.
3: So what you're saying the is Lance... we need we need set Greyhawk.
0: Yes, Greyhawk. Then we need oh. set Dragonlance, then Forgotten Realms, Spelljammer, Planescape. All I don't think
3: they'd ever go like dive into the Forgotten Realms right off the bat because that's where everybody's kind of comfortable playing right now and that's yeah. too much meshing but Greyhawk they could do because it's it's been a while since everybody's like thoroughly enjoyed Greyhawk so
0: Cuz I mean the last time they even mentioned Greyhawk was what in the that one C book um, The Ghosts of Salt the Ghosts of Saltmarsh where it's you can have it set in Greyhawk and all that but um yeah it's been pretty much Forgotten Realms for like ever now
3: yeah but yeah. I mean I mean look at Innistrad and and Eldritch Moon that's just Ravenloft
0: pretty much yeah so <laughs> and then um I mean Dominaria could pretty much be like Forgotten Realms in a sense or Greyhawk mm-hmm. um I guess it really depends on what but I, I want them if if anything if I had my choice it'd be Dragonlance all the way through I want Kryn as like the main D set. That's my, that's been one of my favorite fantasy series. Have either of you ever read that series? Mm-mm. No, no? Oh, you'd, you'd like it.
1: We're librarians.
3: We've read everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. So, um, I think that about does it for tonight. We're going on almost two hours here. Um, wow. Time flies. I know it doesn't even feel that long. Um, feels like we just started here. So I, I guess, um, What, what are some, uh, um, I mean, do you have any questions for me or anything while we're here before we go?
2: What made you start to do all this? You didn't talk
0: about that. Oh, start the podcast. Yeah. So I start, I originally used to write magic articles, um, do deck techs and stuff about like my experience of being competitive. Um, they're out there somewhere in internet land. Um, (laughs) and actually no I think I might have most of them on my website Um, I think I managed to migrate migrate most of them but then um, I, want, I got tired of doing weekly articles because it was taking up too much time so my buddy just told me why don't you start a podcast which is sort of like you know doing articles in a quicker manner and all that so, and then I thought I'd only be doing that for a couple months and here I am four years later and <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't awesome. stopped since Awesome. That's wonderful.
0: Yeah. No, it's been um quite a strange journey, but it's awesome. I get to talk to people like you, meet people that I would never ever talk to before ever, um, and meet some really good friends that I've never would have met before either as well. And it's um that's one of the things I love about this magic community is just the just just the people. You know, like going to a grand prix and just meeting a whole bunch of people that you know you never would have met otherwise. You know.
3: Yeah, I think it's super cool just to even being part of the content creator community, mm-hmm. how welcoming everybody is to little old us that we yeah, were like, oh, I my gosh, you guys. <laughs> someone liked what yeah. we put out there. And that's awesome. And oh, we got another follower today. And <laughs> And uh, how many of the content creators are just super encouraging and welcoming. Um, so that's just a really great testament to the community as a whole. And then, yeah, you go to Magic Fest or something and you play Magic with someone and then you friend them on Facebook and <laughs> yeah. you're friends for life, right? Um, oh, and
0: I, I met some of my best friends now from playing Magic um, just just in my local area. I would have never met them otherwise, you know? Yeah people that I talk to almost every day and you know before the pandemic we try to meet up once a month and play hours and hours of commander yeah
3: (laughs) and I think that that is what and I think they might know this wizards but I think that's what they need to focus on is that magic the gathering is about building a gathering not building a competitive market um, because yes, though you know, have your little competitive market, but what you should focus on, which I think they've gotten with the whole commander stuff, mm-hmm. is all of us that really just wanna have people to play games with want to come together. <laughs> so how can you support yeah. that? So right. their support with local game stores, the mystery boosters, the codes while people have been closed is I personally believe it's just been phenomenal so kudos to wizards i i I know they've gotten flack and people think that they're not supporting local game stores but they are i think they are so um yeah i think i think it's great to have this wonderful community
1: yeah Yeah. great
0: Great. all right well thank you very much um where can people find you if they want to um reach out see your content and talk to you all
2: Well, if you search Tap That MTG, we are on YouTube, um, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram. Instagram. Twitch. Twitch. <laughs> Everywhere. All the podcasts. Things have our So, it's yeah, Tap That MTG, all one word. And that's probably the safest thing to search for. Not just Tap. <laughs> Not just <laughs> <laughs>
3: Tap.
0: Right. Well, great. Great. Well, <laughs> thank you very much for taking time out of your night to um talk with me and um just this being happens. on the show.
1: Yeah. And thank you. you so
2: much.
0: Oh, you're welcome. And thank you again. And I hope you two have a great night, all right.
2: You too. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey
0: everybody, hope you really enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I had a blast talking with them. Um it went by a lot quicker than I thought it did. Um it was, you know, over an hour and forty minutes, and i felt barely an hour um just goes to show how time just doesn't matter too much sometimes where time just slips through your life but anyways uh so i had a really great time talking with them great um i'm hoping at least one day that i'm up there in that part of canada so i can visit their store and uh check it out um, I'll have the, the link in the show notes for their store and their um, Twitter information and their YouTube information as well. And I hope you all enjoyed it. And give them some love. Show them some love. Give them a follow. Check out their YouTube channel. Um, check out their store if you're in Canada. Or even if you're not in Canada. Check them out anyway. Um, they're they're two great people. And I'm glad to have them on. And had a really good time talking with them. So thank you again, Leslie and Shauna, for coming on. And hope you all To the rest of you, have a great night. Thank you.